Hi. Hi, Hi man. How is how is your baby? Your littlest baby. He's good. He's a good man. He's squirming. His body Another parts are growing and falling oh, off. Ugh. Welcome to okay, another episode. Yeah, you can't start it like that. <laughs> Why can't like, I? You can't go from talking like a normal person to your sexy radio voice. Just do That's normal NPR shy. <laughs> There's like normal radio voice, and today was like a sexy one. Welcome, Just normal. Welcome to the Friday Night Movie <laughs> Podcast, where I'm joined by my sister and uh, my oldest friend, Alun. He returns to the show today. Welcome, Alun. Welcome back. Thank you. Very excited to be back. And uh, before we get going, just to ask, I'll go around and ask everybody how they're doing. Becky, calling in from California, how are you doing? I am doing extremely well because yesterday I received in the mail the uh, 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 a chocolate bar, Canadian chocolate bar, my favorite chocolate bar. Um, and I ate the entire thing in one sitting, and it has put me in a good mood that will last for days. Did you get it as part of our... I got it as part of well, like I yeah I, I wanted yeah I got it as part of the I wanted to you know I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that oh, I don't well, want to talk about it too did. much but it's we part are. of the it's part of the Indiegogo campaign for um, for what does it eat's new EP that was one of my rewards I received in the mail it was a crunchy bar it was worth every penny um, and I'd like to say I listened to the music while I ate it but I was so excited to get my candy bar I just wolfed it down so alone you were raised in Canada as well for a section of your life did you have any attachment to any specific Canadian chocolate bars or chocolate bars that were available in terms of North America only in Canada <laughs> I always felt that the Canadian snack selections felt like the kind of made-up Canadian diet version of Americans, just like the Victoria Day is Memorial Day. And, and, <laughs> uh, the metric so system. I, Canada, Canada Day is July 4th. July. Yeah, exactly. Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, like, yeah. So you don't feel like ketchup chips stand on their own? Like, I'm just not a fan of ketchup or all dressed, which felt like, you know, oh. a factory accident. All dressed, all dressed is chips? all dressed. When factory accident is a great way to describe it, it's the penicillin of <laughs> chips, as far as I'm concerned. That's an accident that happens once a generation and is incredible. You can actually like, buy them now. That's like a gimmicky Ruffles all dressed, but it's amazing. They only made it on one type of chip. It was the Ruffles all dressed chip. It mixes so sour cream and onion, barbecue, and salt and vinegar, so good. and it gets in the little wedges. Oh man, that's a special chip. So anyways, yeah. yes, you, you can, um, at, at a, in a variety of the different packages, uh, in most of them, you can get a Canadian chocolate bar mailed to you by Howie. And that's great that you that it arrived. Um, that means that uh, the system is working. Uh, Lily, calling in from the Canary Islands, where you have the stars of our most popular, the statistics prove our most popular, most downloaded episode, our parents are with you right yes. now. I'm amazing. Uh, it's like hanging out with like a comedy troupe who doesn't know they're being funny. It's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> mom, did mom are, set, sit on her phone earlier? And it's only been it's message? not it's only been twenty four hours, and yeah, mom's already accidentally recording Jose while they're having a conversation and sending the message to her whole family. Like, <laughs> like we have we haven't been here twenty four hours, mom. Take it down a notch. We have three weeks to go, and she's so funny. They're both really funny. It's awesome. Uh, that's great. Alon, you are yeah. calling in from paternity leave. You have a new baby human. Uh, Mazel Tov from our whole family. We're so thrilled. To Yay, you and Dana and the other baby humans. Uh, what's uh, what's this fellow like? Uh, he's doing well. Um, <laughs> I think we just, at the beginning of this, you know, the, the pre-podcast uh banter and the introductions reached the maximum amount of time between uh <laughs> between uh highly distracting activity in my house but uh but everything's good uh baby's very sweet uh he has a kind of nice uh executive baby business like predict uh, uh predictable schedule at night uh <laughs> and you know he like wakes us up for like a you know brief meeting with his anus and then and then feeding and uh 
and the the bigger boys are are doing great. They're you know expressing their their new status in in their own ways, and I think mostly the people who are feeling the brunt of that are the kids in their class, not us for some reason, uh, according to what we've heard from some teachers. So as we as we get excited about the new child in your family. One thing that I think about is the fact that we were in fact friends from the moment you were born. I was born a little bit before and there are many things that have bonded us over the years and one of them and probably one of the earliest memories I have is our mutual love of the Muppet Babies. And coincidentally we had planned this episode earlier this week but our buddies at the We Don't Know What We're Talking About podcast Pink Rabbit and Purple Dragon actually talked about the Muppet Babies and the Muppet Babies McDonald's toys. Do you remember those? Oh, I do. Yeah, I remember those. You know, Kermit Kermit on a skateboard and -hmm. and all that last year. So I was very excited. I feel like this is well-timed that we brought you on to talk about this right now. So the Muppet Babies, as a pillar of our friendship, we asked our sisters to, my my sisters to watch the show. Um, But Alon, start us off. What does, how does the Muppet Babies relate to our friendship? I've, I've told them that they can understand us better by watching this show. Well, we used to watch Muppet Babies when we were, I don't know what age. It could, <laughs> conceivably and believably to me, it could be we were, you know, six and four. We could have been like 15 and 13 <laughs> when we were enjoying these episodes. Um, but we'd watch them and then we would have sleepovers and we would kind of review the episodes together uh, at night. And there were particular episodes that we really loved and got extremely excited when, when we caught them because I think we ended up seeing almost all of them and, and, um, you know, waiting for the best repeats. Yeah, and the all-time, the holy grail, the greatest episode, and this can be found in a variety of places online if you look hard enough, is uh, episode 10 of season one, I think, and it is called Gonzo's Video Show. And we watch, we all watched that episode. I watched it with the kids who, by the way, were mesmerized by it. Like, it was the one episode they wanted to see. I said, hey, you guys want to watch Mother Babies? They said, please, let us watch that one. So... Lily and Becky, you guys watched Gonzo's video show. Uh, would you like me to kind of recap it quickly, or do you want to just go I, I into it? I think that's important. No, no. I think it's important oh, for guess, listeners, yeah. because okay. they'll have no idea what it's okay, about. Okay, so Muppet Babies right. was a cartoon, yeah. Saturday morning cartoon TV show, where they it, the premise was that the Muppets, uh, or some of the core Muppets, Rolf, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, who Gonzo. This, who, at the same time, must have been on the Muppet show, right? Uh, the Muppet Show might still have been on, like the original Muppet Show might still have been on, but it was towards the end of the airing, I think, of the original show. And so it was those, those Muppets, Animal was there, and they lived in a nursery, and they were taken care of by Nanny, who was this older woman, who you only ever really saw green socks. I think at one point in one episode, when they have like Nanny's special day, you see the top of her head, you see her hair. And when they give her like a little crown, but in general, you saw these green and white striped socks and she'd come in and talk to them and then they'd go back and have imagination oriented adventures in every show. And you'd have different guest stars. Bunsen and Beaker would sometimes get dropped off by their parents. I don't know if they had the same parents. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of questions about that. And uh, what was also interesting is that a Muppet who I don't think appeared in any other medium was added for this show, and that is Scooter's twin sister, Skeeter, who is a female uh, version of Scooter, essentially. And she also lives with them in the nursery. I don't really know what happened to her until the time of the Muppet Show. Maybe she left show business. I hope no tragedy befell her. In any event, the Gonzo's video show, it begins with Nanny bringing in an old-fashioned VHS camcorder that... Are there cars she driving She thinks it's a good episode? idea. Are, and these and the Muppet Babies are probably in the three or four age, maybe five. Right. Like if some are potty trained, some like aren't. Here's an expensive piece of video equipment that you guys can borrow. I just have to return it in an hour to the shop. Yeah, exactly. Just give it to Animal, who's and, either right. a and baby she, or a severely mentally ill adult. Who wears a diaper. And, and not only that, she yeah. was using it to film her tennis lesson. So she was She very, practiced her swing. She was very... <laughs> Very serious about videoing her swing. So she gives it to the Muppet Babies, and then they proceed to all decide they're going to make a show or home movie, kind of create a movie together, and spend a, a good amount of time arguing over what the plot should be and who should have which role. 
and it ultimately re- re- uh, resolves in them doing a their own version of Star Wars, in which is almost... And then at the end of the episode, they show this short parody version of Star Wars that these Muppet babies came up with. And what... I mean, aside from it being Star Wars related... Uh, again, another representation, another representation of Star Wars that is more true to Star Wars than The Last Jedi. <laughs> I just can't let it go. I think it's actually the fourth best installment <laughs> of the entire Star Wars <laughs> universe franchise. Exactly. Um, in addition to that, there's just great stuff in terms of using your imagination. And you also see a lot of the very typical relationships that you see in the episode uh, between all of the various characters. Fozzie's consistent effort to get laughs and not get laughs and get tomatoes thrown at him uh and uh, the strange cat and mouse game that that, what is that noise what does that sound someone have cars driving by uh yeah i had to go into my balcony because (laughs) there's no where else to get away (laughs) okay so i suggest there's ambient traffic noise now okay i suggest muting in between speaking parts um okay i'm gonna go to a quieter place okay so anyways you hear a lot about their you see a lot about their relationships okay so i've laid it out lily and becky lily what is your reaction to this show oh like i'm all i'm surprised at myself because i normally when i see something that i loved as a child i have no like weird interact i love it the same and i I'm like, I don't care if it's like stupid or weird now. It's the best. I watched this and I had a hard time. Really? And that was, a, yeah. I was like, what? I also was very, I feel like they, they, you know, they complain that now kids' attention spans are so short because of all the like technology. I'm like, clearly in the 80s they were short too because the subject of the episode changes. <laughs> Like every ten <laughs> seconds, it's about something else, and I was like, "Oh my god, I, they, who's like, what kid is just like, oh, another show, another show, another show?" It was like twenty shows in twenty-two minutes, which I thought was very impressive. And then I had a few questions. Yeah, um, fire away, Alona and I, I are here for you. I, I, I just, just a few, um, not, not a lot. And I, 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 hold on, I, I actually texted them to myself because I was watching it on my phone. Um, so give me two seconds. Uh, Can I? Okay. okay. Is it? Is it? A, are they in a daycare or an or- orphanage? What is they, happening? Like, I think what it's is technically a daycare, but they don't ever go home. So it's an orphanage. And but like, she- like that implies a pretty dark backstory for all the mother's parents. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think that they're all just kind of sibling friends who live together in the house where they all grew up and will all live until they're adults and go off and make the Muppet show. And I never questioned that before. Now it's really it's starting like to unravel. <laughs> I, I, in my mind, as you uh, ask this question, because I'd never really thought about it, they, maybe they all live in the same apartment building and Nanny runs an in-home daycare in the apartment building. So, uh, that doesn't really hold up. Maybe Nanny... Home. She I don't owns a lot parents. of archival stock footage and she's got the scheme yes, where they, she can... <laughs> That's my that's my next question. So what I did love about it today and then is the whole imagination thing. And that's really cool. But the archival stock footage as an adult, I was like, who like where did somebody A come up with that? B that's a lot of research somebody has to do for each one of these episodes. And this was before like the internet and video. A lot of it was black and white. Right, exactly. Somebody had to go pull the the film. From so just so people understand, when the Muppet Babies have do an imagination sequence, they will pull out film footage, both from documentary and actual famous movies, and work it into the show and superimpose the characters on them. And that's actually one of the one of the rumors I have read as to why the show has never been re-released is that to go and get all of the rights from all of the different ah. movies and music that they use in the show is like impossible. And so that, only well, that led me to form. ask the question of how did they have the rights then? And I know they might that not have. George uh, Lucas, right. Worked with Jim Henson. Did he not? Oh, well, maybe uh, he allowed the Star Wars, Wars that. but they referenced a ton of other stuff right, throughout but, the show. Right, but even just the Star Wars stuff is pretty tough to just like throw in there. They uh, use actual footage. Well, um, now, now Disney which owns I thought both. Was hilarious. Now Disney. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but um, the other question I hold on quick. The other question uh-huh. that I had was, 
did um, Becky see herself in any of these characters? Oh, wow. Because it's a film episode. Oh, a film episode. So it's like about making a film. And I was sitting there going, I wonder why Becky's watching this. She identifies with any one of these. I identify with the process, you know? I I identify with any one of the characters, but I identify with the process. And I thought, you know what actually really did upset me, though? Like, I I felt like it because I, I produce, you know, I, I, I produce films and and shorter pieces <laughs> and whatnot. And when Miss Piggy names herself the producer and, and then, then, and then the they director. go, well, what's a producer? The producer gets to fire the director. I was like, whoa, 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 lady, take it down a notch. I mean, you're not, you know, your job is to take care of the crew. Your job is to protect them. You don't just go around firing people. And I felt like she gave, you know, my, my line of work a very bad name. I was I was upset about that. That's number one. How Number much? Two. How much did this in, remind you of an indie film production, though? I would say it's like seventy percent accurate. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. It's, it's pretty close. Um, but uh, but but uh, my question, really, what I was what I was left wondering is, Cheyenne alone, when you guys were were kids and teens, you used to love to make your own video production. Well, I assume this inspired it. Did this inspire that? Um, your your own I'm budding. Assuming- there is no question in my mind when i watch this episode that i realize if if there was anything that influenced me other than weird al yankovic to uh create the home uh masterpieces that we created (laughs) that this has to have been it because this has to have been the earliest thing i would have ever seen that involves little kids creating something with video I think, yeah, we both uh, saw Gonzo as a role model, as he was intended to be. Oh, yeah. As he was intended to be, although there are some questionable shots, I will <laughs> say, that he that he does. He's going around, and he's getting a whole bunch of shots, and at one point, he does a very long close-up, like a long take of Kermit's crotch that goes on for, like, <laughs> 10 seconds, and I'm just going, like, this is super weird. But just by the way, I, I don't know. I, I mean, they were pushing boundaries all the time. Yeah, they really you know, were. Yeah. <laughs> Very. I mean, they were showing show. the first example, besides of a domestic abuse. They were also <laughs> showing the first example of like clearly Gonza, who like likes to be dominated by his partner, because when Piggy like abuses him and throws the bucket of popcorn on his head, he's like, "I love her so much," and I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty racy." <laughs> Yeah, it's right. Like, so he's examining Kermit to see what is what does Kermit have that attracts Piggy. Right, exactly. He's curious about frog genitalia. But who knows what Gonzo genitalia? <laughs> Which I gotta is. tell you, doesn't look like there's much there. <laughs> he's a baby. So I, I, I think this show <laughs> does. He's a baby. You know, without making too much light of it, what do you guys think of the relationship <laughs> depicted between Piggy and Kermit? Which you know has been depicted in many mediums. This isn't the first place that we've seen the Piggy Kermit relationship. Well, I get why they got divorced. It continues to be problematic. (laughs) It continues to be problematic. You know, this is a very strange representation of male, female partnering, love, whatnot. But it is progressive in that it has and always will be interspecies. That's true. Agreed. 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 Very much so. Very much so. But it is pretty abusive. It's very abusive. We've talked about this before on the show. Yeah, yeah, I think we talked about it the last time I was on. For some reason, we... we... Yeah. It's just he like our sleepovers. Well, it's hard it's not just to talk like about our, it. It's just like our sleepovers. Let, let's well, be... I, oh, go ahead. I, I, I actually couldn't open the file. Uh, so what I did was I went on YouTube to see what they had, and they had a lot of interesting kind of piratey, bootleggy videos that had, like, lens flare on it the whole time, and it was sped up 25%. That's the one I made my kids watch, and I think that they just started stabbing each other with forks and stuff, paying attention. Uh, and they had one where it's like, it's only in a quarter of the screen, and the rest of the screen is a moving image of space. But what I... Oh, what I've seen that really struck me. <laughs> you, got, you, can, you can watch a lot that way if you can tolerate it. Um, and it's, it's at, at normal speed. So I felt like I was like, this is how children around the world now watch Muppet Babies from 1986. Um that I really like that conceit where the imaginative world is more quote unquote like realistic or naturalistic than the reality world, which is you know right. something from that I love from Calvin and Hobbes too. I think that I was always attracted to that idea that like the imagination is kind of more vivid and fleshed out and real, but also with zany stock footage uh, than 
the reality that they were living in. And I think right. that that's something that always yeah. attracted me also, and that they're always like working out their anxieties with each other. They're all worried about something's going to happen, and the other one says, no, it's not going to be that, it's going to be this. And then they play out all those scenarios imaginatively, try to solve their problems creatively. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I, I really like this show, and my, but my kids <laughs> didn't care. I was like, this is the one thing I can transmit to you. This, everything I, I, I believe in, or at least I'm kind of projecting onto the show, is the thing that I care about, and, and you guys are just eating noodles. Please. <laughs> so I, I will say it, my kids got up this morning at 6.37 o'clock and played together until 9 while we rested. And I firmly believe that the Muppet Baby's influence on me and imaginative play is what has made me commit to putting my kids in the situation where you have to do that. But it's been a long road. It's been a long road to get them to that point. So, so I think that that I think that it that kind of that kind of fun for kids is is really is really good. But it doesn't come super easy. Okay, let's let's talk about some of the characters. First of all, Skeeter. What do you guys think of Skeeter? Created for the show, kind of like the way Harley Quinn was created for the animated Batman and kind of became a bigger... But I guess Skeeter didn't really catch on. <laughs> well, yeah, clearly oh, there's not enough no, no one has a lot to say here. So I guess they realized they had to put another girl character in? Yeah. I think, yeah, probably. But and Scooter himself is, is kind of just such like a... Even like looks just like a, a featureless orange sock. They tried to spice him up with a twin. <laughs> Who shows um, her belly? That's like her big <laughs> identifying exactly. feature. Ill-fit. Yeah, I mean they tried to they tried to give her a prominent role. They're obviously trying to push the franchise forward in some way with the different characters, but really, you, you know, you just want to see you just want to see more Gonzo. But even mm-hmm. even and this is a spoiler alert for the Last Jedi. Even the Muppets, because I always accepted <laughs> Skeeter. Even the Muppets were like, let's make the new character related to the other characters somehow. <laughs> So that there's some reason for us to care about them. Right. Later in the show, they would introduce what I would say is one of the, you know, most, one of the worst um, additions to a show ever. And that is Bean the Rabbit. And I I don't really know what is bad about those episodes. Other than that, if I ever watched the show, particularly in those later years, I thought it had been off the air and then it kind of reappeared. And you turn it on and you'd see Bean the Rabbit in the background and it would just dash all of my hopes that it would be a good episode. Alan, did you have a similar? I remember us talking about how being the rabbit was was a sign of of the end. Yes, I remember that too. I think because they tried to refocus the whole series around Bean. I don't. Do they introduce Bean into the into the real life Muppets also? Or were I, they trying to? I, I think he was a Bean? character in the Muppets. I think Bean was a little rabbit that would appear. Yeah, they were trying to juice the show with with love of Bean, and he was cute. I mean, I think that what you get from the kind of like strangely kind of salubrious, healthy feeling crossover between the Muppet Babies and Star Wars, which they use in other episodes. One of the episodes I watched today uh, is where Nanny they hear that she's talking on the phone and she's going to go on vacation, and they don't know who's going to babysit them, and they think Darth Vader's going to babysit them, and there's a whole scene with Darth Vader. And I felt like this is a nice crossover between universes, the Henson Lucas universe, and now. Now it's all just kind of you know ro- robotic corporate uh, melding until it'll just be a, a movie will just be one image that flashes on the screen of ten thousand characters you recognize and that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which to uh, me is basically the same thing as the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that is what the Avengers is. Yes. I um, cannot wait yeah. for Lily to watch the Avengers, and just all I want her to do is watch it so she can write down all of her list of rapid fire questions for me afterwards. I would actually <laughs> like to watch it with Lily. Could is that something we could wait and do in the summer and watch it, the Avengers no together? Rush, so we can. I've, you know I what? I have tried to watch Marvel movies with Lily before, and she has never finished one with me. Well, I watched half of Black Panther last night, and my only contingent on watching it was that there was no. No one else from the Marvel Universe was in it. <laughs> Mom was like, "We have this movie so good, you really need to watch it." I was like, "I will watch it, but is anybody else from you know the opening credits? You see, they now have all of them appear, yeah. and then the Marvel appears, right?" I go to Mom. I was like, "Are any of those people in this movie?" Point, point, and she's like, "No, it's just a one character movie." I was like, "I will sit down." Otherwise, <laughs> I'm, I'm Why done. Why only watch half? Because uh, I have a kid so, and I'm old. So this is a, so this <laughs> is a good so this is a good segue into the next part of the show, which is characters sometimes get introduced into shows or movie series or things like that, 
and people might say they either ruined or saved or improved a show. And I thought maybe we could go through a few of those. Alon, you have you said you had a unified field theory of this. Do you want to do that after we go through characters or before we go through characters? I'll just do it really quick right now because it's it's related to specifically to Bean and the Muppet Babies. And what, <laughs> yes, something I've been thinking about a lot since I've had a child and the kind of future and what kind of world he's going to live in. Um, the uh, so I think two people who loved the original Muppets, especially the Muppet Show, Muppet Babies itself is a Bean, a character added later that uh, degrades the franchise because. Oh. People that I work with, especially, who come from, like, one generation above us who maybe, like, absorb the pop culture of the mid-70s to early 80s as their kind of formative pop culture, see Muppet Babies as kind of a cynical cash-in. And, and and therefore never gave it the chance and, and realized that they did a really, really great job of, of keeping, you know, the, the great the themes essence. of the Muppets alive. And the essence, exactly. And that edgy so, humor, meta-humor yes. and all of that. Edge of humor of zooming in on Kermit's infantile crotch for ten seconds. Um, uh, yeah, so that's. I think that people perceive Muppet Babies that way, and that that Muppet Babies itself is kind of this uh, catchphrase concept for when you say like something baby, something baby, something that is uh, was was just meant to kind of keep a franchise going when they ran out of ideas. But since we encountered it very with fresh eyes, uh, I think we were able to to enjoy it for what it was. Well, that's. I think that theme's going to keep mm-hmm. us through this episode because I, I had a movie experience today with the kids that was kind of like that. Uh, okay, so let's go through some characters. Look, last week we covered the Cosby Show again without getting into the, um, uh, without getting into the obvious controversy of that show. That show is still relevant in discussions in the history of television, and so without again talking about a particular individual who um, is in a lot of deserved trouble. Let's talk about Bill the, Cosby. Everybody knows who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, we all, yeah. The introduction of Cousin Pam in season, I want to say it was six of the Cosby show. Do you guys remember Cousin I, Pam? I don't remember Cousin Pam, but I do remember Olivia, who I added, who also came in later. Whoa, whoa I love and Olivia. She was amazing. That's yeah. a great addition. I thought you'd go for Pam and not Olivia. No, I don't even remember Pam. For, for me, Cousin Pam came in, I think, after Vanessa maybe went to college. And mm-hmm. she's played by oh man. Anyway, she's played by a famous actress who is um, cousin Pam. There we go. Oh wow! When you look up Erica Alexander, that's it. When when you look up cousin Pam, jump the shark comes up like as the second Google search. <laughs> okay, so cu- cousin go. Pam thumbs Been down. Vindicated. All right. What about what about Rafi on the league? Uh, I don't I don't think that that's a jump the shark moment. I think he's no, hilarious. I think, I think he's so funny. I think he's one of the things yeah. that that made that made me keep watching the show. For uh, sure. I agree. Rafi on the league in the first episode that he appeared, which I think was in the beginning of the second se- second season, I was like, "What the heck is this?" Right? Because I had gotten so used to that cast in the first mm-hmm. season, and then eventually becomes my favorite part of the show. And of all of those actors who I love, Manzukis is one of my favorites. Amazing. Yes, he's hilarious. His, like, just absurd character yeah. is just incredible. Agreed. Agreed. Alan, do you have yeah, any... I, think he, I think he adds to the show. Do you have any thoughts on, on him or, or that? Yeah, or... I think it was good. I, I like that they kept kind of expanding their ensemble and, like, bringing in other of their comedy friends to play those characters on that show. I, I, I like I like Raffi. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Raffi man. Oh, yeah. And, again, we, we always have to mention that when we talk about podcast goals... How Did This Get Made, which he is on with Paul Shear, is, in my view, the single best podcast mm-hmm. in the universe. Mm-hmm. That is. Mm-hmm. And June Dan mm-hmm. just perfect. That okay. is. That is that. Now, that as, is. as researched before this episode, Steve Urkel, not an original cast member of Family it's Matters. so hard for me to believe. So basically, but that's a slightly different case, because then Urkel is more of a, it's like an early save, not like a later addition to keep the show going, to keep the show fresh. So and he, no he was brought on in season one. Yeah, he was brought on. So this was more like this was more like a pivot, like an early series pivot. Okay. Well, see, I always got when the show basically just became Laurel and Hardy or uh, episodes of the father Carl Winslow and <laughs> played by Reginald Vell Johnson <laughs> and, and Urkel going on adventures. That was when I tuned out. But then they went to another level and they introduced Stefan Urkel. Stefan Urkel is when is when they is when it jumped the shark. Alan, yeah. what's yes. your thoughts on yeah. Stefan Urkel? 
Stefan Arkell, I think that they made a lot of episodes with Stefan Arkell. I, I have a feeling that was, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but that there was a push by Jaleel White to no longer be perceived as yes, Urkel, even I though. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he had Urkelos, he had he had the Urkel dance song, very yeah. both very successful uh, with my friend Jeremy Gordon. And uh, he, so they, so he, <laughs> he either had a, some sort of magic potion that he made in his Urkel science no, it was, lab. It was, it was a machine. It was like yes. a special, like, cool man machine that he would get in and could turn into. I remember this. So it, wasn't it, was cool it, it wasn't a clone. It wasn't a clone. It wasn't a clone. No, it was a, cool it was a nutty like professor, but he loves the giant machine he would go into and it would, like, smoke and make all these noises and come out in, like, a sleek suit, in, like, a cool suit and be Stefan or he'll be the cool version of himself. And right, and yeah. Laura loved him, right? Yeah. Huh. They didn't make exactly. like a nerdy Wait, I have a Laura question. to pair did up you with guys, Do you guys, if, did you guys ever see Camp Cucamonga? Is that yes. something that I only rings knew, a bell? I only knew huh? about that movie, but I didn't actually see it because it was like a TV special. It was like the right. pre-high school musical, and, right? And it was, right, and it was a huge deal. That he's Winnie Cooper's in it and Jaleel White's in it as like a super cool dude while Family Matters is on before Stefan. And oh. so, like, America saw the real him. And I think, I don't know, I, I'm curious about how that may have influenced. I don't yeah, know if anybody's you, seen it. Like, I want to say Becky, Josh Saviano from The Wonder Years was oh, also on that. Oh my God, he is. You and go on, he plays on. Paul, right? On, on Wonder Years, and he's also cool. Oh, whoa. He's not like nerdy <laughs> Paul. Sounds like well, a really nerdy. Sounds like, nerds, sounds like yeah, just like girl. Jewish summer camp, actually, because oh. it's people who are obviously wow. super nerdy that somehow become cool when they go to camp. Just <laughs> if you and go on IMDb, cool right? Exactly. If you go on IMDb and you look up Family Matters, Jaleel White is credited as Steve Urkel slash Stefan Urkel. Right. He was. So on- it was like such a I guess it was had to be like this was such a big character for him that he like needed to be credited as both, even though he's really just Steve Urkel. Unless he just added that himself. He has I feel like he added Stefan or Cal because he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. People also need to remember that. I played if, cool. if you're on the Family, Family Matters IMDb, what does it say? There was no, I don't know. You'd have to look like episode by episode to know what year he came out. Because Cam Cucamonga is from 1990. So I'm just curious. So, so oh, when Stefan or Cal. Yeah, like if it, it, it has to correlate with Cam Cucamonga. No, it has to be like, no, because the show. Family Matters was apparently on starting in 89. There's no yeah. way in, like, the second season he brought on Stefan. No, he probably eventually worked in a Cucamonga clause into his contract that oh, we need yeah. the Cucamonga exactly. Jaleel like, White. I said, he did Camp Cucamonga before. Cucamonga was his proof of concept saying, guys, I can play cool. Look so, at this video. I will wrap the... Jennifer Jaleel... Aniston is in that, guys. Uh, what? By the way. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. She's, She's one a of the Cucamonga. Literally, when you look at the photo of like the people that are in this, it's uh, Mr. Jefferson from the Jeffersons, and her <laughs> are the only people. Oh no, and the guy, one of the guys from Cheers, the mailman. Uh, John Ratzenberger was in Camp Cucamonga. Like, yeah, I mean, this is a very. You guys should definitely Google this. Oh, that's. I think, we need, I think we need to find that, and that will be the topic of an episode. I think that's a whole episode. All the stuff this you make us watch, I think. Yes, I think you need will, to get this. I'm on me. it. I will find it. All right. You now, I, Meyer. Wait, it also, you could do all those camp parallels you were talking about. Oh, yeah. You do a camp episode where you watch Camp yes. Kukumbunga and you talk hey, about. Guys, guys, yeah. my mind is blown. Sorry. It is DJ Tanner, Urkel, Reckon Meyer, who that guy seems ageless. Because yeah. Wasn't he a star in like the later 90s for us? Um, he's supposed to play a teenager here. And uh, Paul from Wonder Years, Winnie Cooper, Jennifer Aniston, the guy from Cheers, and Mr. Jefferson. All right. Alun, when you come back, Camp Cucamonga episode will be done. Yeah. We'll talk all about camp, and we will talk about that that episode. Uh, I will end the Jaleel White discussion just by <laughs> noting that dear friend of the show, the amazing Summer Parker, has uh, the, the actress um, uh, Summer Parker has a picture on her Instagram of her and Jaleel White. Oh. Which I just like for awesome. you guys, which is That's awesome. So when she comes back, we'll have to ask her about what the real, the real Jaleel White is like. And is he yeah. Jaleel White or is he Jaleel White? All oh, right. Is he <laughs> the, the cool, His cool version. Cool alter ego. All right.
so all right let's let's move on we talked about babies are there any shows that you would want to see made into babies versions like there's a show teen titans go i've talked to about a lot of a lot and we saw a preview for the film that looks, looks hilarious that the I kids definitely want to try i'm looking uh, at your show notes and 100 percent, i do not want to see baby sons of anarchy i do not want to <laughs> see like small children shooting each other up thank you very much like this is that is not i definitely want to see no. baby friends i want to see baby parts and rec 100 percent. i would and like to i want to see baby friends i think first all baby sons of anarchy wouldn't be violent you would have them you would have them be you know like with water Just guns like in, like, and riding jackets and, and like little water guns scooters. and riding tricycles like you'd have a little bobby elvis and you could have little toys that go with no, the characters I still don't want to see and what are they smuggling what what drugs and guns are they smuggling What's the no, version like, of that they're, like, they're, they're smuggling like, like junk sugar food. cereals or Ju- whatever they're smuggling junk food and, <laughs> no, and slingshots no I definitely don't want to see this though. This is cute, very cute show. <laughs> All right, an animated, an animated Parks and Rec babies. Everyone wants to see that. Yes. Could you imagine voiced by the original like the cast? Like the That's true. Like, no, walking around with binders. And baby uh, Retta, who's <laughs> baby Retta, would be amazing. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. This is a cynical question we could all get behind. Yeah. Baby handmaids. <laughs> that could be cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the Handmaid's Tale. I have not I'm seen that. Not you'd have, sure have you have work, cool, cool outfits. But in principle, there would be Halloween costume marketing for kids with that. <laughs> we could do that. We don't need to wait. <laughs> yeah. Do anyway. How about? I, do you guys remember MathNet Square One? I feel like that's yeah. another hugely marketable one. A MathNet show with like Kate Monday and whatever the other guy's name was. George Friday maybe and have them solving mysteries again animated in with math okay so this is a little bit broader question about math net it was part of uh, Nova right square one TV square one one TV okay now did square one TV have in its opening credits I didn't watch it very often because I was like well we have other channels that aren't PBS so I'm gonna watch those instead (laughs) but I remember that Part of the opening credits, they showed some sort of surgical procedure or there was like a, an incision made with a scalpel into either skin or some other material. That, then it opened up into this like noxious orange mush. Did I hallucinate what? that? Uh, <laughs> or, or, I, 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 I watched it a lot recently. I, I don't 100% remember that, but I, and now you're, that you're saying it, I'm like, well, maybe there's a doctor skit that they referenced. The the opening of Square One that I remember was the cast kind of sitting on a couch, and they were sort of animated. like It was almost like a bunch of still pictures taken of them making like funny, wacky actor expressions. All right. This must be some nightmare that I had, but I couldn't watch it because I was, I was afraid I was going to see the orange mush and I would get nauseated thinking about it. That's why I never watched it. Hmm. Now, Square One is a, Square One is a super cool show. I have a bunch of old episodes that are really worth watching. In fact, what you would love about Square One if you watch it now, Alon, is that how much old timey like 19, I don't know what years, but like there's tons of like Bogart references and Abbott and Costello <laughs> references and like skits are all plays on very famous comedy sketches over and over again and all of these like very funny game show sketches like there's a lot of like sketch comedy component to it that as a kid I had no idea it was supposed to be sketch comedy the best my favorite bit in the whole show was the episode it's called the Roman numerals of love where these guys are in ancient um, Rome and they're uh, like a doo-wop band and they have to sing a song with numbers and they keep reading the numbers as letters. I am not surprised that <laughs> I feel like we're really like, yeah, I'm not surprised in 2018 <laughs> there is not another show that's popular for children about math. Yeah. No, there, there are other shows. There's Pegasus Cat. That's kind of like a hipster There's show. nothing with, with I doubt there's anything with live humans. Hmm. Right. Well, it's all cartoons. Probably not. Any any of the shows you guys are watching? Any of the shows you guys are watching that you'd like to see babies? Would you like to see Outlander babies? No. No. (laughs) Too much. They're very sexy shows. Too much thrusting. Yeah. Can't put that on a kids show. I don't know. I'm. I'm trying to. I. I. I said friends. I'd like to see them as kids. All living together. Would you recast them, or would you do an animated Maddie? show with their voices? Because you could get most no, of those I'd actors. Recast would they live them. in an orphanage or a baby daycare? Baby Which daycare. one? Baby daycare would be the <laughs> daycare. Okay. So, and would would the Ross Rachel thing be like Miss Piggy and Kermit? 
Oh, no, it wouldn't yeah. be. It would be reversed. Well, yeah, I mean, they would be the ones that are like the Piggy so, and Kermit, but just not abusive, So I guess. Ross would be Gonzo, really. I guess. Does Gonzo That's get yeah. divorced? I don't know. And Chandler but, would be uh, Fozzie. Yeah, so maybe Muppet Babies is friends. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, guys, guys. My we're really, world. we're really tapping this is, into something this is a deep here. Episode. Okay. Yeah. What are people watching these days that they would like to recommend? To I like the tiny cute baby Alon. You have a new little baby to watch. Tiny yeah. Baby. I, yeah. Yeah, I recommend staring at your infant's face and thinking about how he connects generations coming and, and behind and how there's no way you can possibly live up to the promises made by a new life. <laughs> hey, I do that several times a day, so I'm with Good. you. It's one of my favorite shows as well. I especially like to do it around 5 a.m. Yes. <laughs> that's the, the new episodes are on at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, new releases at 5 a.m. Um, so, and in addition to watching that, I am tearing my way through Life in Pieces, and I wish I was going more slowly, but I just I go, I'm going I love so, it so much. So I love it. I can't watch. Yeah, it's my new happy place. We rewatch episodes so we don't go too so far good. into the show because it's so good. So good. And it bothers me that Vlad doesn't laugh out loud as hard as I do. And so I get annoyed. Does Vla- Hold on a second. Known the guy for a number of years. Does he, in fact, laugh out loud? I've seen him smile. It's a very good point. I've heard very him good laugh. Point. I'm married to him. I've heard him laugh. I've he seen goes, him very <laughs> happy. I've seen him very happy at times. But I don't know if I've ever heard his laugh. Like, I could. His laugh's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's, like, very unexpected. Like, he's almost shocked by his own laughter when he really gets going. <laughs> I know <laughs> like, I know Jose's laugh because Jose's is ha, 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 ha. Like, it was you a can, very thick Spanish accent. You can hear it from here, that's why. When he laughs at my house, here, you hear it. Does he really do the ha, ha, ha's as transcribed? Jose? Yeah. Like, Spanish, ha, ha, ha is J-A-J-A. That's literally what it sounds like. Ha, ha. <laughs> That's amazing. But with a, with a J instead of an H. It's a Spanish uh, ha, ha, ha. So that's what I'm watching. What are you guys watching? I started The Alienist on some friend's recommendation. Oh, interesting. It's on Netflix. I, I feel like Josh is watching. Josh has got to be watching that. He loves anything that is. It has murders and stuff like that. Um, You know, it's interesting. I, I Wait, want it to doesn't like have it aliens? because it has a lot going for it. No, it's about murders. It's about 19th century New York when, like, the it's basically like the 19th century Mindhunter. It's the fir- like the fir- first sort of, um, I would say, like forensic psychologist or, or oh, wow. FBI kind of profiling of That's, a serial killer. I honestly yeah. thought it was just the mentalist, but they find aliens. No, apparently psychologists what? were called alienists back then. That's Wait, but it's called. not Mindhunter. It's a different version of Mindhunter. It's like Mindhunter, but babies. No, I'm just a baby. Mindhunter. That was me snorting because that made me snort. It, it's about a psychologist, Daniel Brühl, who I, I'm Ooh, a fan of his. He's I like German, him. Spanish, he's and a glorious bastard. Also, he's yeah, the bad he's a, guy in Avengers like Age of Ultron. Yeah. I don't care about that, but he's been in a lot of movies. <laughs> so he, he um, he's great, though. He's great. And he's a psychologist um, who is fascinated by, I guess, like police cases and the police don't, don't really like him. And he like I mean, him and a journalist are pretty convinced that there's a serial killer in 19th century. I'm not sure. They don't tell you the year. New York City um, it's like super back in the day. And they work with two. Jewish, they like talking Yiddish in the show. Um, uh, guys that work for the police department, but they're the first, I guess, um, guys who do autopsies and stuff like mm-hmm. that for the police department. So the autopsies were not done then, and so these two like Jewish guys, they work with them, and it, it's interesting. Um, it's like a bit kind of like <laughs> gross, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. I'm glad they were fighting uh, Jewish stereotypes of the day. You have these <laughs> right. two Jews who are willing to rip open corpses and look at the insides. <laughs> Don't worry, they speak their, their, exactly. their secret phlegm language. Exactly. Oh, and they, they look super Jewish. Um, and they say, Jew, like, we're Jewish, like, three times. Um, and so, it, yeah, 
I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I've only seen two episodes, so I'm not giving it a full, like, no, I told you so's or anything, but I don't know if anybody else is watching it, because in my house, you have to watch something where there's murders. Like, Jeez. you can't sit down on the couch on an evening and watch something. It, it has to have, like, murders or some kind of intensity. That's to somehow that is what those... Yes, you know, or billions, which makes no sense that my husband likes it, but for some reason he does. So when normally that's like the nighttime, and then I'm still there. I have one Wait, episode left. Do you watch left it down. with? Do you watch it so, with like dubbing? Is it really billions? No, no, no. no. Billions. We watch with closed captioning, like with the English subtitles, because that's all Showtime has. Um, but beyond is not a word in Spanish. No, that's a whole well, confusion thing. That's a, is yeah. it milliard anyway, or something like that? It's like a million million. Oh, that's. It's, they I just stopped rude, making. But it's dumb. So. They, st- they stopped making. Yeah, terms. they just stopped making. How about you, Alon? Is there is there yeah. something you recommend? Um, but, yeah, oh, sorry, Lil, do you have more? No, no, that's Lily, all. Lily is somehow that's what I'm watching. That's it. Uh, no, Alon, that's what I'm watching. Do you guys have like a, pat- a maternity paternity leave show that you're watching? Like, is there a show that you guys is getting you through the period? We haven't really settled into one. We've been watching the second season of Atlanta slowly, which is which I've I've been enjoying a lot. Uh, Dina's dad has been really. Maybe you guys can help. I, I've been putting up strong resistance, but she really, he really wants us to watch Lillehammer. He loves it so oh. much. Oh my is god! It about, is it about the Olympics? Oh my god! I have seen it. I have seen that show, and I have seen that show. This is one of the weirdest. You know how it's like when you're when you and your spouse have to like see other shows, like see see, see different shows. Yeah. This is one of those things that we started off together, and I was like, dude, this is like the weirdest show. I don't get. It's not like really funny. I don't really get why like what the acting's not particularly good. It's really strange premise, and Vlad went down a Lily Hammer rabbit hole and he watched the entire series by himself he would stay up late at night watching it and i had to peace out from that one wasn't that so, the first ne- no, was the first wasn't that the first netflix well. show wasn't that the no, first no i'm ne- not selling it i'm telling you it's a strange show i want you to watch it what? just to see how bizarre it's not the first it. netflix show i think it was hbo it's so it like yeah, literally it's not it's it may like be Mm-hmm. plays a gangster who needs to go into witness protection and he chooses to be sent to Lilyhammer and then he lives in Lilyhammer and like kind of becomes a tough guy there. Yeah, it may be a JFD just for dads. Ah. And I don't know. It, it I, premiered I don't know if on, I'm one of those dads. It premiered on Netflix in North America in 2012. It is Really? It was one of the listen, fr- I remember it being one of the first original shows that Netflix was 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 pushing did it end did Lillehammer end like because i heard it got, yeah it, it had a few seasons it had a few seasons but i mean did but, it have um, a proper ending because that's not a show i will watch I if know. there's I didn't no see it, but ending. vlad loved like vlad loved this show so someone out there people do love it it just was mm-hmm. not me he loved it i think also adina's dad uh, taught a class in, in Lillehammer, norway and i think he liked seeing some of the same sites and restaurants so Allie, maybe very narrow that's one of Allie's criteria you know lily and becky have asked about Allie's criteria for liking things one of her criteria is very seeing confusing. cities that she knows so like oh london's in this mm-hmm. washington dc <laughs> super i love it hey if she likes stock footage of cities she should watch muppet babies <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, very, very cool. Amazing. Okay, Lily Hummer. So, it, it, so I have to give Becky. I told you show status. And the rules of I told you show are is that if someone recommends a show to you and you end up liking it quite a lot, it can't just be like, oh, that's all right. But I give Becky I told you show status because I really do, really, really got into by the end of it. Get Shorty on Epics or Epics or whatever it's called. I don't know. The show got renewed for a second season, which I'm thrilled about. But I don't know who the heck has been able to watch it. But that might free it from having to deal with ratings or anything like that. <laughs> Stars Chris O'Dowd. Ray Romano is amazing in it. And uh, it is. it has a lot of elements of get shorty the movie and be cool the movie without um but it's much darker it's much less of a a straight-up comedy but it's in in general it's just like crime in hollywood but with a with a humorous edge it's really good it wrapped the season wrapped up really 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 well um the story's not over of course but i thought the last couple episodes in particular really strong right it's 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 well done it's a great it's got a great slow burn, and the ending to the season is is quite good. Yeah, it's much. So, yeah. Maybe I can get closer to watch it. It's much cooler than I thought it would. 
it's almost done a disservice by being called Get Shorty. I guess they had to call mm. it that because it pulls so much from not that none of the characters mm-hmm. are the same, but it's someone but would the, say the premise. The premise. The premise, the premise is which the is same gangster, idea. gangster Goes to Hollywood. But Ray Romano, how good is Ray Romano in it? He's so good in it. Yeah, he's great in it as the director. Yeah. He's, I guess, similar to the Gene Hackman character, but a much more complex version of that character. Really good. Really good show. So I really uh-huh. like that. And now I want to get to a movie I took the kids to see earlier today called Show Dogs. Did you all watch? Oh my God, you, you saw the movie. That? This is why you sent me the trailer. I was laughing. I was laughing so hard watching this trailer, not because it was funny, but because I was laughing at your gutter palette. So I would like. I would you actually spent money so, on this movie. So you guys, no. by the maker of Beverly Hills Chihuahua, <laughs> is that what Shy. it is? Do you have Christopher no Nolan of grotesque talking shit dog movies? <laughs> yes. That is what his IMDb says, whoever this guy is. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Uh, so did you guys? <laughs> I can't believe you're proud of it. I've never been so admonished. Uh, have, so, yep. so I would like your all description of the trailer, of what you saw, and then I'll tell you about the experience of seeing this movie. Our description of the trailer is, I think, alone already summed it up. Repeat what you just said while we were all laughing. Something, something, shit dog trailer? No, no, no. No, I, no, <laughs> I mean the plot. Was. What did you see in the commercial? What did it say to you? I did not watch the preview before seeing this movie. What did it say to me that Will Arnett needs a better agent? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take a cast of people you respect, then <laughs> avert your face. Uh, yeah, it's like... It's like uh, Turner and Hooch, uh, except that Hooch is uh, appears to be a, a broad uh, African American uh, cop stereotype who uh, who talks uh, with a with a horribly grotesque uh, rubberized CGI mouth, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it might be the um, the <laughs> it's, it falls somewhere between Training Day and. Uh, <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua? Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yeah, if you combine those two <laughs> concepts and then add like 70% more farts per scene. There was there were there were many animal genitalia and fart scenes in this movie. Okay, so I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but here's the story. Allie's, oh, really? Allie's uh, best friend Orly is in so town and they were uh, out at a brunch or watching the royal wedding. Um, Orly, by the way, who is the amazing <laughs> author of the Happily Ever Afterlife series, the young adult series. So she was in town and they were off doing their thing. And I said, I'll take the kids. And so I love going to an early morning movie with the kids. I, I love going to the movies at like 1030 in the morning because it's over at lunchtime. You have so much day left. Like I always found it a little, I love the movies, but I always found it a little depressing if you go in, in like four and you come out and it's nighttime. And I looked in the apps to see what shows are available and uh, what movies were out this week? And you know, I looked for well, it's rainy. You know, or it's what's the what's the kids movie that's out this week? And that's the kids movie. I bet this movie does really well because it's pouring rain and people are like, I gotta take my kids to a movie. Oh, this is the only kids movie. Like the the closest <laughs> thing to a kids movie after this is Avengers: Infinity Jeez. War. And I don't think I don't. I love taking my kids to things that are inappropriate for them, but it's a really long movie and it's quite dark. It's not something I was... Re- and Deadpool 2, right? Those are the closest thing to kids' movies. <laughs> I don't Which, by the way, how many, times my da- how many times my daughter asked if she could see Deadpool, I found unnerving. <laughs> so... You brought that on yourself, though. So we went to see Show Dogs, which the movie poster is Will Arnett holding an FBI badge and then uh, a series of dogs one of them wearing like a cucumber mask mush on its face, implying that it's getting ready to be beautified. And so the premise of the movie is that... <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it, that's it. Is that the dog, Max, is a New York cop who is on the scent of a, literally on the scent of a kidnapped panda, baby panda, and comes into conflict with an FBI investigator. Quick pause, because they didn't do this, and I expected it. Did the panda have an Asian accent when the, it spoke? The panda did not have a voice. It was it was like gizmo type noises. They 
They thankfully did not. There was a significant amount of racial insensitivity in this movie, um, but they did not go that particularly far with this one. And so, so where was I? Oh yeah, okay. So there's a baby panda that they did. That's entirely CGI, I think, which was actually very very cute. And my kids a hundred percent said this is absolutely that was their favorite character in the in the movie. The one that didn't talk. Yeah, yeah, the, the one that didn't talk. He had a lot of very good he had, choice. He had a lot mm-hmm. of very wow, ludicrous voiced Max the dog. So yeah. this uh, dog, so the dog cop and the FBI agent get into a conflict over a case, like you'd see in the movies, like a jurisdiction thing, and they end up paired up together as a team. And the dog, by the way, talks to the breaks the fourth wall, but the humans can't understand the dogs. So that's like a running bit in in the movie. So the dog's having these arguments with Will Arnett, who's arguing back with it. But Will Arnett actually can't understand what the dog's saying. That's so shocking. And so then Will Arnett and Max, the movie's getting better, played by Ludacris, are sent to Vegas to enter Max the Rottweiler into a beauty contest, into a dog show contest. Why he needs a bikini. I just don't even feel like I really important. need to hear about this Hold on movie. a second. Me because neither. then the movie becomes this a lot just... like Miss Congeniality. <laughs> oh, it's Miss Congeniality, but with dogs and fart jokes. Yeah, so Got it's, it. It's, okay. It's, it's Training you. Day meets Beverly Hills Chihuahua meets Miss Congeniality. That's the only redeeming quality I see here, and but it has, I'm still not bad. And it has Natasha Leone. That's her palette. So that's all I'm going to say. So let's be clear. Uh, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, I'm sure this has terrible Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Uh, but I'll say this. I'll I was, tell you right now. <laughs> I had a bond, which, by the way, you know, my faith in Rotten Tomatoes is no longer solid. The experience, though, is my two girls came and they it's a movie with animals. They thought it was very sweet. But also in the last half hour, both of them independently climbed up onto the reclining chair I was on. And I got to watch the last half hour of this movie with my two daughters, like, snuggled up on me together, the three of us. And it was maybe one of the best. Because they were scared during the half hour long shootout. (laughs) There was definitely a shootout at the end. There was also a near. They were like, please, daddy, take me to go see something better. There was also a near. (laughs) There was also a near slicing of one of the bad guys in a Color plane. So okay. let's be clear. This they got movie, a twenty six percent. This movie has a line, which in is it. pretty good. So the pluses of it, it was a goofy kids movie, and there was there was actually some very funny meta jokes. For example, Max the dog repeatedly calls in a pejorative way. Will Arnett the human keeps calling him Hooch. Oh. And, oh, and, that's which, not obvious. Which I thought was pretty funny. But wait, the other thing that the movie has is the most animal-delivered exposition in the history of film. And so repeatedly, the characters are asking each other what's happening, and a dog is explaining essentially <laughs> to the audience, the panda's been kidnapped, and we need to go here to get the panda. I think what they so, do is get the exposition dog into other movies, and he does the exposition for all the movies. So for those Infinity so, War Marvel movies, <laughs> what's happening? Exposition dog. Well, you see, sixteen movies ago, Thanos plays. Yep. Oh my god. That was essentially what happened. So at one point, though, the hooch joke, which I thought was very funny, then gets expositioned by uh, the Philippe, who's one of the dogs, I think, played by Stanley Tucci. The, oh God! The, Fre- In the French accent. The French dog, who's essentially the Michael Caine character from *Miss Congeniality*, who went crazy and now has to train. They have to get him out of retirement to train Max to be a show dog. At one point, he explains in a French accent that Hooch was the, the dog and Turner was the human from the movie. So they they really spell out the Hooch. Oh, reference. they really just make sure everything is understood. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the kids appreciated having that reference explained to them. And at one <laughs> yeah. point, at one point, the Bengal tiger makes a life of pie joke. Who okay. they think is watching the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then the best line of the movie is at one point, Will Arnett says to a dog, let's go save a panda. That's nice. 
I like that. And so I, I have to say, like you could say on one hand, this movie was garbage, but sometimes the context is important. And watching with my I, daughters, uh, but to be clear, yeah. I laughed way harder than they did in this. Shy, movie. but the way that you're describing the premise, the the story devices, the jokes, it just makes me feel like this movie is for no one. There's literally <laughs> no audience for this film. It's not for small children. Nope. It's not for young teens, adults. No, it, this movie is marketed for no one. The theater, <laughs> Rife of pie. Of course, is based on a book by Jan Martel. <laughs> it was a bestseller. Um, I can hear my baby crying for like the last. Okay, all right. Minutes, let's so do shout like out. Let's do shout outs. Becky, you, you get to do shout outs. Go for it. Uh, I, I haven't really lined up uh, any good shout outs for this week, so I'm not gonna call out. Just to cousin anyone. Vanessa. Just because it's a classic dildo classic. Old bit of goody cousin Vanessa. What about your friend um, Becca, who asked how I was doing? Oh yeah, sorry. I guess I I, I gave her a shout out a couple weeks ago, but uh, Becca was over the other day when Shy called, and she heard I was on the phone with my brother, and she said, "How's he doing?" And I looked at her and I'm like, "Why? How would you ask how he's doing?" She's like, "Cause you never ask him on the podcast. Ask him how he's doing." <laughs> so, uh, thanks, Becca, for wondering how Shy's doing. And of course, to cousin Vanessa, Lily, any shout outs? Um, to Inner Wonder, her mom, who's here, being so awesome. Yeah, so pe- people should follow her it. on Twitter and send random tweets to her and just see what happens. Because <laughs> yeah. she checks it like once Magic. a Magic. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. The best is when she comments on my tweets and says, like, really overly glowing mothering things to, like, well, like to if I've tweeted at, like, a famous person, she'll be like, you really should appreciate my boy. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, alone, any shout outs? Uh, well, shout out to you guys for having me back on. It was really fun. And uh, I'll shout out to uh, Dina for hanging out with our uh, 1,700 children while I did this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, I think Adina deserves a shout out from all of us. Thank you, Adina, for, Thank you so much, Adina. for letting us uh, have alone for an hour. Yeah, this has been awesome to have you. Um, so I have a shout out to Alana. One of my old, 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 really good friends who we're going to see soon for a joint family vacation. But she took issue. She sent a very heavy complaint. She took issue with me giving I Told You Show credit to Steph for Catastrophe because she did, in fact, she she actually was like, Ooh. she was like indignant. She was like, who's Steph? And why is she getting my I Told You Show credit? Because she did, in fact, tell me about Catastrophe well before um Steph did. And Alana is actually really great about giving me recommendations. She's been recommending the show Brockmire that I got to check out. Is Brockmire, it's the one with Hank Azaria. Is that what it's called? Um, oh, yeah. So uh, Alana. It's like Longmire meets Bush. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, I would watch that. And Alana also says that she took issue with us. I said, well, you can share I Told You Show credit. And she was like, absolutely not. So I actually, so this is, I feel like this is, this challenges us to talk about the canon here of the show. Can you share I Told You Show credit? I need an official ruling from the sisters. Wait, didn't I tell you about Catastrophe? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, on the podcast, legally, it's Steph. Okay. She brought you the recommendation and she got you to watch it. So I'm really sorry for Alana. Like, but I think pers- that's awesome person- that she recommended it first. But in personal, you life- never did what Trump, the first person to bring it up or the person to convince you to well, watch I it? I think the we can have multiple you, universes, like the Marvel universe. You know, there's the Marvel universe in the movies and the Marvel universe in the comics and then the different timelines. So in real life, Alana was the first person to tell me about it's the catastrophe. Steph. But the person to convince me to watch the show was, in fact, Steph. Okay. Uh, shout out to sundogsfire.com. Uh, my dear buddies, uh, Jen and Aferos, a.k.a. Lindsay. It was Jen's birthday this week. Happy birthday. They also continue to make amazing stuff. They and continue to make merchandise based on my art, which I am truly touched by. Right now, you can actually get pancake-for-the-table dinnerware plates on the sundogsfire.com website. And they are hilariously awesome. And eventually, I'm going to buy these and just not tell Allie and have them show up as our dinnerware in the new... Because there's no way she listened this far into the episode. Uh, So, sundogsfire.com. Amazing art from those two artists, but also featuring uh, my art. Um, What Does It Eat? The band that I am in with the great Howie. Our Indiegogo campaign continues. You can go to whatdoeseat.com and stream the whole album for free it's also now on spotify if you're a spotify subscriber or if you'd like to get canadian chocolate bars limited edition art 
inspired by the music. You can even sign up for one where Harry will give his opinions. He's he's a, a law professor, give his opinions on constitu- the Canadian Constitution. So folks should check that out. There have been so I, there's too many people actually to rattle off right now, but thank you to everybody who has contributed. I'll continue to do shout outs on social media to folks by name. Uh, and Alon and Adina were recent contributors, so thank you guys uh, for... We're getting a coffee bar. Oh, you are? You're getting coffee. a coffee, oh, crisp? coffee crisp? Coffee crisp bar? And that one... I asked for. I confirmed crisp. that one isn't... Crunchy, you fools. It's all about the crunchy. I already finished mine. Can that... you send me another? <laughs> <laughs> so the coffee crisp is in the mail. Howie did confirm that yours had been mailed. And then finally oh, to... to um, and then, uh, yeah. And so where can people uh, find you, Beck? Oh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, paper at paperbkprincess, and you can look up um, my newest recipes I do with my friend Janine on our recipe blog, everydayoat.com. And Lily? Chichi K. Gomez on twitter.com. I, I mean, feel, I feel like, I mean. will, when are mom, or will mom and dad be here this week at this time that the podcast airs? Yes. Okay, so when people hear this, they should send you tweets asking you to ask random questions to mom, because I think that would be funny for you to report back. For sure. Uh, My pleasure. And Alun, do you want anyone to follow you anywhere or know anything about your identity? I'm a complete lurker. I I have no... I, I leave no trace. Leave no trace. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you for being here. It means the world to us to have you. Uh, you can find me at Pancake for Table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all the pancake shenanigans at pancakefortable.com. You can follow this podcast on FridayNightMoviePod.com. And please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us what kind of review, Lily? Only good ones. If you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. And as Lily says, five star reviews. Exactly. Um, You can also, if you have not heard enough of my radio voice, um, which has been described by some people as buttery, uh, 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 I and my dear buddy uh, Ashley, uh, also known as at Comedy Girl, uh, at Comedy underscore Girl on Twitter. Uh, and a fellow gold nerd have uh, ventured and are collaborating on another podcast called Behind the Behind the Music, where we are going to watch as many episodes of Behind the Music as possible and discuss them and discuss the artists that were that were on Behind the Music. And so we have the the first episode, the MC Hammer episode, is up on iTunes right now, and you can find it on the Pancake website. And uh, the next episode is coming that has already been recorded, talks about the mamas and the papas. And so um, uh, I I recommend folks check that out. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, the theme music kicks in. Everybody dances. You dancing? We're dancing. 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 All right. Dancing. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Mm -hmm. Bye. You too. Bye. 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 So fun. Love to Dina. Kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. Love to everyone. And uh, thanks for having me on. It was extremely fun. No, so Moonwalker, it's like this it's like this part biography of Michael Jackson that he made himself, part like intertwining of all of the music videos on bad, like as if they're all attached to each other in this like cool. bigger concept. Including music videos I'm sure you've never seen, like for Speed Demon and Dare Diana, like those like those are those like no I don't think anyone's really seen those. And then it ends with this like thirty minute short film all built around the smooth criminal song um which includes joe pesci playing like this crazy evil drug dealer that he has to tarantulas yeah that really likes tarantulas that michael jackson is like a shapeshifter that turns into a lamborghini and (laughs) and fights and and anyways like so smooth criminal the video takes place in the middle of that story that, I, that is one part of the extended Michael Jackson universe I missed. I did play a lot of Michael Jackson Moonwalker on Genesis, though, where he would you could do a moonwalking power and it would get all of the bad guys on the screen, which were usually zombies, to moonwalk with you, and then they would die afterwards. <laughs> it was a really good game.